You're listening to Breakaway Wealth, the show designed to help you build wealth faster, think bigger, and break out of the herd. Now, here's your host, Jim Oliver. Welcome back, Breakaway Wealth. I'm your host, Jim Oliver, and with me today is my guest, David Meltzer. David, welcome to the show. I'm excited that you're here. I'm excited to be here. What a great topic to break away uh, with our wealth, our health, our worthiness, and our happiness. And anything I can do to be of service to you or your community, I am here. So thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you so much. And you have a great background. And I don't want to get ahead of myself because I have some questions I really want to ask because I love that you have broken away in the organizations that you've run have broken away and differentiated yourselves and created this blue ocean for people to know what that means versus red ocean. And I really want to hear all about how that happened and how you decided and took action to, to do that. But give everybody your background, who you are, where you've come from, uh, what you're doing and all of that. Sure. Thank you so much for that opportunity. I'm on a mission to empower over a billion people to be happy. The three things that I know through my journey are how to make a lot of money to live in abundance, to help a lot of people with that money, and to be happy, to have a lot of fun. And my journey led from a world of not enough, where I was born with a single mom, six kids, working two jobs, packing my dinner in a car so she could work those two jobs, uh, to going to law school and graduating into from the world of not enough being a victim into the world of just enough. Uh, graduating law school, I uh, started my career as a millionaire nine months out of law school selling legal research online, uh, despite everyone telling me the internet was a fad. Uh, so all of you blockchain doubters and crypto doubters, just remember people said that about the internet a long time ago in 1992. We sold that company for 3.4 billion, which led me to Silicon Valley where I learned how to raise hundreds of millions of dollars. In 1999, ended up being CEO of Samsung's phone division, which led me to run the most notable sports agency in the world, Lee Steinberg Sports and Entertainment, uh, which, by the way, I received that job not because I was a great lawyer, not because I was a great athlete or a great agent. It was really because no one else in the space had the background of technology and raising money that I had. And so Lee, who was a visionary, hired me there. And then I moved on with Warren Moon, the Hall of Fame quarterback, to run uh, the world's largest global marketing company, Sports One Marketing, and then created my own brand to pursue my mission by utilizing free Friday trainings for over 23 years to podcast, TV shows, movies, coaching, authored eight books. Uh, we have a variety of things that we're doing, but all aligned today not to work in the world of just enough to be a victim or more than enough buying things you don't need to impress people you don't like, as I learned through losing $100 million and going bankrupt. But I live in a world of more than enough, and I want to empower people to live in that same world with me. And so I do everything I can every day, interviews like this, media, to entice and empower people to live the life of their potential. Wow. That's really cool, David. And you said a lot there, so we'll kind of unpack a little bit. But, you know, I grew up, uh, I was homeless when I grew up. I've stood in line for government cheese. I've done all of the things that you, or some of the things that you've talked about, but all the things probably that we both experienced growing up. And then I got into Wall Street. So then it was, 
hey, this is how you make money and this is how you teach people about money, which is totally not true. And uh, it's how the herd makes money, they think, and but they're really not. And I love how you said, you know, not having enough to having enough to abundance. You didn't say it that way, but but having more than enough. And I think that it's like this secret. People think, well, David, what's this secret? You know, what did you do? What? Why did you stand out? So talk about that. What do you think differentiated you from other people? And I would guess with your, did you say six siblings uh, or five siblings five. That, you have, that they're not as successful as you? I mean, that's just the pattern that I see. But talk about that a little bit. Sure. Well, I would say my siblings are academically far more superior than I was. Went to Harvard, Penn, Columbia, graduated oh. summa cum laude, uh, all are passionate, purposeful, and profitable in their own rights. But I think financially, uh, they are not, uh, except for maybe my sister who married rich. Uh, you know, like it's hard to compete there, uh, yeah. but more importantly, uh, but yet I give a lot of credit as a parent myself with four children to my mom, uh, because, uh, you know, my siblings are on average above the game, uh, and they're very happy and, and productive people. Uh, but for me, I think understanding this idea of enjoying the consistent every day persistent without quit pursuit of our own potential. And so one of the things through my journey I've learned is most people fail because number one, you can never overachieve your own self-image. And my mom elevated our self-image so high that we didn't have the normal limitations that other people had. As long as we graduated from graduate school, we could be whatever we wanted. You know, for my mom, the fetus wasn't fully developed till then. But after graduate school, we could do whatever we wanted. And she had no limitations. In fact, she felt, I think she thought too highly of all of us, which was only to me a great enhancement for life. But more importantly, think about that idea. Most people, they want what other people want for them, what's missing or what they don't have. And I learned at a young age to go after what I wanted by doing my best, learning lessons and having fun. And it cost me, as I said, over a hundred million dollars to also re-engineer my paradigm of faith. I've always had gratitude of the past, but until I lost everything, I really didn't understand gratitude of the future. And uh, over the last 17 years, I've delved into that understanding of gratitude of the future, faith. And it comes down to a simple formula for me. I believe there's a omniscient, all-powerful, all-knowing being that loves me more than my mom. So instead of living punished, instead of living challenged with void shortages and obstacles, I'm promoted and protected as long as I learn the lessons along the way. You know, again, you said so much right there, David. So I was going to ask you, you took the question out of my mouth because I was going to say you had one heck of a mom and what was it about your mom? But you answered some of that. So that's cool. And thank you, mom. That's super, super cool. Because, I, I mean, you don't see that very often, that many siblings and, and that kind of success and that kind of education, but the expectations were there and the positive, like, it wasn't, hey, can I go to grad school and can I graduate from grad school? It was, that's your expectation. That's what your environment was. That's amazing and that's exceptional. But you also said, you've said a couple of things. You've said happy a lot of times. And you've said gratitude a lot of times. 
and you've said faith in something bigger than yourself, which again, for me too, that's made all the difference in the world, all the difference in the world. Because if I, if I, if it was just my faith in myself, I guarantee you, I'd not be where I am today, but talk about this gratitude of the future. I love that term. I, I don't know what it means yet exactly, but I love gratitude. I mean, even in the struggle, I love gratitude. Yeah. You know, it's the guy that can walk through hell like you and I have and be grateful we're walking. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then I learned when I get choked up thinking about it, that because of best options, right. I, I challenge everyone I ever meet. I said, Hey bro, if you can tell me something better to believe in than to be grateful of the omniscient, all powerful, all knowing the abundant world that I live in, the protection and promotion that I will receive. I can't prove to you that something bigger than me exists that loves me that much and knows that much and is that powerful. But if you can tell me something better to believe in without proving it, I'm all in, man. And yeah. guess what? No matter what religion, philosophy, theory, or spirituality people are of, they all believe the same thing. It's to what degree? What mm. degree of gratitude do they have of their future that they truly believe in that best option. And I call it gratitude of the future. I'm already grateful for things that are coming or becoming of me. And so, you know, I, I ordered a pair of shoes the other day and I didn't receive any notification or receipt or anything. And I, you know, after a couple of days, nothing came and I started to panic. And then I, you know, went to the website, found the order number, and I got the tracking number. And as soon as I knew it was coming, all that anxiety left me. That's what That's gratitude of the future is. I don't have to go look up an order number. I know that all that is best for me is coming and all that is best for me is becoming of me. As long as I have that faith, that gratitude of the future, that perspective, that paradigm shift of no more going after more health, more wealth, more worthiness, and, and more with it's, it's all there. I am. I am happy, healthy, wealthy, worthy. What am I doing to interfere with it? That's all I'm concerned about. I love that, man. I really love it. Is that in a book that you've written? Because if I haven't read it, I got to, I got to read that. It's coming out. It's, it's in my five daily practices. Uh, so I have four books that are out. I've written eight and I'm writing my nine, uh, but I'm trying to build my community big enough uh, that we get enough people absorbing the first four books, which is Connected to Goodness, Compassionate Capitalism, Creating the Life You Love, which I wrote with Jack Canfield, um, mm -hmm. and uh, of, of course, Game Time Decision Making. So we have Don't Do Business with Dicks and The Five Daily Practices, The Three Ways to Incentivize. These are all books that are written, but they will come out as People adapt and adopt to the philosophies to help them live in abundance. You know, it's funny. I do this devotional with this group of guys every morning on the Version app. And we talk about, and, you know, we all read the, the lesson. And we've been kind of on an Anthony Thompson kick. And he's, a, he's an author that takes, like, older books. And then, he, so he just did the uh, Four Agreements, which is a great book. And, you know, the last agreement is always do your best. Right. But, but then I have this thing that I think my best is to come. Right? I always think my future is bigger than my past. That's a Dan Sullivan thing that, that my, well, that's where I learned anyway. 
And yep. I think when I'm 90 years old, I'm going to believe that my future is bigger than my past. I'm always going to think my future is bigger than my past because I don't know how God's going to use me in those final years or those final days or anything else. So I love that gratitude of the future and knowing how could you not be grateful even in the struggle in this last year, David, I was out of my house, got divorced. I was out of my house for uh, seven months because of a hurricane here in Southwest Florida and became a single dad at 58 to a 14-year-old granddaughter. But I never lost my gratitude of where I'm at and everything that I've been blessed with and everything that I have and, and the abundance that I have. And it's just like, okay, what's that next challenge? What's going to happen? I'm going to make my house bigger and better. I got a bigger TV. I got a better furniture. I got a better designer. I just said, I'm going to improve everything. And, and I love what you just said. It just reminds me of that faith of the future. Where did you learn that? Or what lesson in life taught you that? How did that come about? Well, it started, and everything is a reminder, remembrance, and a recollection of that faith, of that source. But it really started when I was three years old. And then I was reminded of it when I lost over $100 million and went bankrupt. Because the parallels and the parallels that you experienced last year with the loss of your house and the adoption of your 14-year-old granddaughter and the divorce. So when I was three years old, I had this extraordinary mom. Never yelled, second grade teacher. Only time you ever saw her upset was financially uh, when the dishwasher broke or the car broke or she couldn't afford something for her children like food, you catch her crying. Mm. So for me, my mom, when I was three, I reached out. We were on the beach and you had those bonfires in South Mission Beach where I now own my dream house, by the way. Nice. And I reached out to touch the fire like any curious three-year-old boy. And my mom mm. slapped the out of my hand and screamed at me like she's never screamed. No, I cried. And I'm like, mom, why, what did I do? I didn't ever want to disappoint her because I knew the sacrifice she was already making for me and my siblings. You could see it in her face every day. And I started crying. She hugged me. Oh, sweetheart, I, I'm not punishing you. I'm protecting you. You just don't know what that fire is going to do for you or to you. And so when I look at your relationship that you had in your marriage, I look at your granddaughter's situation. I look at the hurricane. You know what those are? That's you reaching your hand to touch something that you didn't know to protect you and promote you. And that to me, was the basis of the remembrance, the reminder, and the recollection with source. When I lost everything and I had every opportunity to be punished again, to sit in my bed and say, why me? Right. Why? why? I'm a good person. I did everything I'm supposed to do. Instead of try me, excuse my language, try me because I'm being protected and promoted. I didn't know the people I surrounded myself were the wrong people. I didn't know the ideas that I have evolved with are the wrong ideas. I didn't know that the relationships of me and my money are leading me to a path of divorce and death. I didn't know any of that. And so that omniscient, all-powerful, all-knowing source that loves me more than my mom slapped my hand and screamed no at me 
And I learned the lessons in order to effectuate the last 17 years of my journey to make more money, help more people, and have more fun than ever. I love that. I mean, I love that. You know, when you've had nothing, it doesn't scare you to have nothing because you know you could do it again. And I tell people, and by the way, my divorce took like no time because I said, what do you want? Okay, you can have it. And, and what do you want? You can have it. I mean, it took nothing. There was no fight because I know whatever, that, it's not about the money. It's about my happiness and it's about her happiness. And I love her. I will love her until the day that I die. And I want her to be happy and I'm helping her start a business and I'm helping her be where she doesn't need to go find uh, somebody to take care of her. Because I really, really think that when you grow up and you don't have anything, you want to help other people. So David, you talked about free, what was it? Free something Friday. Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, my free trainings I've done for over 23 years on Friday. Yeah. Uh, so every Friday we have over 86,000 people registered this Friday. For really? free uh, training and well, we've grown you over 86,001 because I'm how do how does somebody register for that how how does somebody engage you David because I I mean look I do a lot of these things but you stand out you definitely are somebody that I want to continue to learn from and I want to serve if there's any way I can serve you and Thank your you. organization I want to do that too so how do people find you engage with you yeah, so just email me or Google me, but email me, David, at dmeltzer.com. And I would like to offer to everyone in your community, including you, uh, I would love to sign a book, send it to everyone in your community. I will pay for the book and shipping. So, you know, no, nothing out of your pocket. I just know that those who read my book will be empowered to serve others and help build a community. I'm building a community of two types of people. Those who want to help each other and those who know people who can help each other. It's not a very complex community that I'm building, but it's one of a mindset, an open mindset, an open heart set, and an open hand set to create abundance by facilitating help, uh, pulling up a seat for those that don't have one and reaching out and asking for help Who those who have a seat for us. So uh, Jim, please email me, david at dmeltzer.com or Google me if you forget it, you'll find that email somewhere. Awesome. Okay, David, two quick questions before I let you go. I know you're a busy guy. First question is, and maybe you already gave it to us, but what's the best advice somebody's ever given you? Very simple. Be kind to your future self. Do good deeds. Love it. All right. Last question. If God came down from heaven and only allowed you to retain the knowledge that you've received from one book, what would that book be? Uh, Lao Tzu, The 81 Lessons of Life. Ooh, I like that. I like that, David. You have some great advice, great knowledge. And you know, one thing I really, really love, David, is, you know, there's a lot of really sharp guys that are young and they haven't really been through the ringer and they haven't lost $100 million and then come back with more. It's the experience. And I always tell people, if you're a young person out there, find somebody that has the experience, their experience, whatever way you want to say it. It's find that person that you can follow, that you can read, that you, and somebody taught me a long time ago, David, when you read, you have a pad of paper and you write down questions, then you take those questions. And today we would email those to the author. You'd be shocked. Every time I've done that, the author emails me back. And I say, I got questions about your book that I don't understand. Just like you would raise your hand in class. Guess what? Every time you raise your hand in class, you get your question answered. Well, most of the time, these authors are so incredible. 
they'll write you back. You get way more education about the book and you understand the book. So David, I can't thank you enough for being on the show. I'm definitely going to put in my calendar the Friday training. And I love that. I, I want to learn more from you and about you. So I'm so grateful for you for being on the show. Thank you so, so much. Appreciate the opportunity. I look forward to doing more. Remember, email me, david at dmeltzer.com. Thanks, Jim. I look forward to our next encounter. Absolutely. Thank you, David. And David, we wrap this up with the incredible words of Earl Nightingale in The Strangest Secret, which is one of my favorites. So take it away, Earl. Here's the key to success and the key to failure. We become what we think about. Now, let me say that again. We become what we think about. Once again, thank you so much for taking the time to hear what was shared on today's podcast. If you are looking to discover new wealth building strategies, then go to community.createtailwind.com. That's community.createtailwind.com to join our free online community and get access to free courses and in-depth training videos designed to help you build wealth and break away from the herd. Click the link in the show notes to access the community today. Thanks again for listening.